WHMP. And good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful Friday. Hi, Dan. Friday it is, Buzz. How you doing? um, How was your week? My week was great, but this morning, sunshine came softly to my window today. Yeah, you're happy. Are you old enough to know that song? I don't. Hold on, let me go find it. Let me go Google it like everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Everything he wants to understand about my age references, he has to Google. Um... Yeah, my week has been great. We've, we're in the process of putting our garden to bed, um, which uh, we talked about yesterday with Brian. That's really interesting. We had some bumper crops and some moderate crops. We're going to get some cold snaps this weekend. You know, what have you heard? I haven't... Uh, like high 30s in this area, 38. High 30s. Yeah. Is that, is that at Overnight, night? Overnight, yeah. Well, that's not really a snap, is it? But for you in Asheville, it'd probably be like snowing negative 38. <laughs> yes, so. we'll be in snowshoes in Asheville. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Digging right out. Uh, we usually are seven degrees cooler in both summer and winter than people here at sea level. That's the elevation that makes a difference, right? So, so if you're standing in Northampton, look up at clouds about 1,500 feet above you and you'll know that it's about seven degrees cooler up there than it is down here because in Asheville we live in the clouds right we don't well, we don't have crowds we don't <laughs> like clouds in Asheville but um, I am excited I will just tell you that a couple of weeks ago we resumed a tradition of 14 years um, where we had the Asheville Film Fest um, just a wonderful event if anybody has attended they know how wonderful it is it's just fun it's a community bonding event um a lot of people make it happen and we always have wonderful films and and we have our short program made by people who are local or about local matters with five minute films four or five minute films we had 19 of them great films on that saturday but on friday as is our tradition before the pandemic um we featured a a um full-length picture a documentary um, in, in which one of our Ashfield residents who's worked with Michael Moore, and he's a very accomplished documentary filmmaker, uh, Christopher Seward, uh, worked with the um, extremely talented and patient Randall Nickerson. Today, our own correspondent, Nan Parati, her interesting thing is Randall Nickerson to talk about the film Aerial Phenomenon, which is going to be premiering tonight, this very night, at our own Academy of Music, a beautiful venue for a beautiful film. I saw it. I was lucky enough to be present when the panel happened after the film festival pre-screening, and um, it's an extremely interesting film. Nan Parati, it's all yours. Yay! I am excited because, you know, this is the interesting thing. Today, this is the weird thing. This is weird, and it's interesting, and it's cool. I saw the film also. I walked in a total skeptic. I walked out a total believer. Mm. Randall Nickerson, how in the world did you do that? And tell, I don't even have to ask any more questions. You just start talking. Tell me how in the world you got interested in how this film came about. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Wow, that's a big. It is weird. Uh, <laughs> well, first you better tell people what she's now a believer in. Sure, right. So it was uh, an incident in Africa that happened in 1994, where it was reported that 62 school children witnessed the silver craft land on in the back of the school behind the playground, and uh, these two creatures that came out of it. Uh, 
was interesting about that was who covered it. BBC, you had all these different media who went and interviewed these children at the time. Um, and those interviews is what is really what caught me, you know, my attention. Like, well, they're not checking in with each other. These are all independent observations of something sounds ridiculous. Um, and what these kids were saying sounded like aliens, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I also thought it was interesting in the movie, They some of the kids, and this is way out in the bush in Africa. Out, this is yeah. in Zimbabwe. Yep. Kids who had never seen videos or TV or Star Wars or aliens or anything else on in the screen, this is what they're seeing. And what I thought was really interesting was how some kids referred to it as a basket that oh, yeah. came out of the sky. And I yeah. thought that was, these kids really have no, no idea what, what to base this on. Yeah, they didn't have the lingo or the, you know, mm-hmm. the the lore as over here. Well, the other one they would say it was like a rock, mm-hmm. you know, a silver rock. It was oval, mm-hmm. you know. I'm yeah. like, no flying saucer reference. Right. Or, that was fascinating. But, you know, I guess the journey became such an interesting uh, incident with so many witnesses was, well, what do they think now? Mm-hmm. And tracking them all down, and they were all over the world because of the political inst- instability in Zimbabwe. The, the kids who saw the this. The kids who saw this who are now in their Everywhere. 30s. A quarter century later. Yeah. 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 And then uh, hearing them tell me that same story, you know. All these years later with their, years in their grown-up voices. And a lot of them, they were, it was, I was the only person that had a lot of the old, the archival when they were originally interviewed as kids. And they verbatim, like they remembered it so well, their story did not change at all. Wow. Over that amount of time. It was, yeah, I mean... So what did these kids say? So these kids said that an oval came out of the sky or a basket or a rock came out of the sky. Two creatures got out of it. And then what happened? What were they saying? Uh, they uh, watched it from a distance as these things were moving around it. And then they approached the playground. The, the, the creatures did. Correct. Uh-huh. And then there was this moment that, because a lot of the kids had gathered in one area mm-hmm. by that time. And they were... There was some kind of communication that went on. And the kids didn't, they didn't say, they didn't have words like telepathy or anything Mm -hmm. like that. They said, I could hear them in my conscience or I could see them, you know, I could see pictures that they were showing about what we were doing to the planet. That's a whole nother, like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So the whole message by the aliens was, watch out, you're, you're destroying the planet? Well... Yeah, I mean, they the not all the kids, but a lot of the kids were shown these images of what we were, you know, of our own environmental destruction that we were doing to ourselves. Wow. But not any kind of solution to those problems or anything. It was just mm-hmm. sort of like, hey, you're messing your cage up, so to speak. Wow. You know? Uh, so, Randall Nickerson, were you like Nan, a, like pre-screening Nan, a skeptic, <laughs> or... Did you enter into this because you were like post-screening man, a believer? Um, I am not. I don't. I don't know about that term, believer. I. I. Uh, I'm a pretty hard. Fa- I grew up as a mechanic, son, an mm. engineer's son, and worked on pianos most of my life, rebuilding pianos, doing technical. Oh my God, I got to invite you over. How <laughs> you go? <laughs> Great. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Um, it's, uh, so I, I don't know. I come from a, a pretty hardcore technical place where I'm actually, I like the hardcore facts. Um, 
And I, you know, you like evidence. I like data, absolutely. Um, and I can't say I'm a complete. I mean, I've seen some weird things, and that I, I, I've studied and still have no explanation for. What? So. As a documentary filmmaker, uh, Nan, he chose to do this. Right. 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 Yeah. That was a choice. Yeah. Right. People thought, oh, I mean, it's not a. Gr- it wasn't a great career choice when I first started. <laughs> You know, everybody was like, "What are you doing a movie about that for?" And all of a sudden, when the the Senate, I mean, when the New York Times article and the Pentagon gag came out, I mean, that, all of a sudden it's relevant. That I did not expect. Uh huh. What drew, what drew you into it? How did you hear about it? How did you get involved with it, this? It was through uh, John Mack, Doctor John Mack, and I had Harvard University, and he. I was at an event where. It was actually a small group of people where he showed, I first saw those videos. He had gotten back from Africa. And he had interviewed the kids and, yep. and videoed those. Uh-huh. Yep. And then um, I watched it, and I was like, wow, that is fascinating. And then You better tell us about John Mack because listeners might not know who, yeah. he, who he is Dr. and why he's important in this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. John Mack uh, was a Pulitzer Prize winning Harvard professor, he started the Cambridge Hospital psychic, psychiatric wing. Like his accomplishments, I mean, you can read it. He's a Harvard's psychiatrist. Book. Correct. Yep. And uh, a renowned, world renowned psychiatrist. World-renowned. He wrote a, the, a biography, uh, which he won the Pulitzer before, on uh, Lawrence of Arabia. So, like you, Randall Nickerson, he saw that these 62 kids were alleged to have witnessed this phenomenon in their school, around their school, Ariel. Um, school in um, in in Africa, and then he went and interviewed them. And what did he conclude? He c- he concluded that they were telling the truth. What did that, that do saw... to his career? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a career. Ma- it wasn't hasn't been a career maker for uh, anybody. Um, there's no upside, or hasn't been for you know. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, was uh, uh, called out by Harvard and really. Um, I think their goal at that time was to have him stop talking about this. Uh-huh. Um, Did he stop? No, but I think it achieved to hurt his reputation. Mm. And I think that was the goal. Um, but he, I got to say, he, as a clinician, he said, look, I, if I don't have any other explanation for this psychologically, and they're displaying the body language, all the symptomology of somebody that's telling the truth, what do you do with that? One because thing, it's like even in the DSM four, like five, which is the diagnostic and statistical manual, which is sort of like if you look at a bird book and it says uh, if it's got an orange breast and it's large and it comes out in the spring, it's probably a robin. Well, the DSM says if it uh, if you can't get out of bed if episodic for more than two weeks and you um, can't work and can't function, it's a depressive disorder. It does the same thing as a bird book, only for psychiatric disorders. So <laughs> that's really good. Thank you very much. So what does what does DSM say about that, John Mack? Well, well, yeah. it's it just it 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 and it's been this way since the DSM forced. I think it's for I, I could be wrong. I think it showed up first time in the DSM three, DSM four, DSM five, where they don't have a, a diagnosis for this. So. In the book, where it has all the do- diagnoses, this is still a question mark. Unless, of course, it's a delusional disorder, which is defined in the DSM Correct. as a fixed false belief right. for more than two weeks, happening twice within a six-month period. Ooh, he's good. 
Well, I'm really a trial good. attorney who's oh, defended okay. people right. saying <laughs> he didn't mean it I'm in the, the box. delusional disorder. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's impressive. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, anything new. And here's what I get: it's like if when when we don't understand something, you know, we want to chuck it out the door as quickly right. as we can. Say, oh no, it's got to be that because it's been called all kinds of different things, mass hallucinations, and different things like that. Um, but there's a consistent consistency in stories that's far too uh, globally, not just in uh, United. It's not a United States thing. It's a global all across the whole the whole planet. Japan, China. I've met people from all over the place because I was doing this story. Right. And you hear other people's story. I'm like, wow, that's too coincidental. Yeah. To somebody me. somebody says in the film, if all the kids said exactly the same thing, that would imply collusion that they'd all gotten yeah. together and made it up. But mm-hmm. they all had, in their own words, they were similar enough, yet from the, their different perspectives, which is what convinced a lot of people who were um, working on this back in 1994, interviewing the kids, right. saying, yeah, this is real. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, psychologists who did. I yeah. thought that was very interesting. So, Nan, um, I, I, like you, I came in, I, I won't say I was skeptical, but um, I think I was more open-minded. I was more curious than anything else. But um, it's very, uh, I'm sure you'll agree, Nan, that the, the anecdotal stories told by each of these, either as children when they were interviewed, you saw them interviewed back then, mm-hmm. or as adults now reflecting on it, some of them even crying right. because it's such a powerful life experience. Yes, mm. It was pretty compelling, at least that they believed what they were saying. Exactly. And all those kids, not just one, not just you know the cool kids, everybody. That's what was so interesting. Yeah, that, the ages were from 6 to 13. So it was a wide variety, and the school was multiracial or, you know, mul- you know uh, all from everybody from the villages in the Shona villages to white children from Britain. And, um, Who were missionary kids, right? Missionary kids, and uh, so even like religion. And then religion got into too it. was yeah. also it was a Christian school, but there were Muslim, and there were you know animism or is that what you call mm-hmm. it? Animus, yeah, uh-huh. yeah animus. Uh, so you had a variety of mixture, yet they all you know it didn't go through their. Some maybe a little bit went through their lens of perception of the world. I think that that's a really important thing to note. Uh, we're going to take a break, uh, and we're going to come back with. Nan Parati and Randall Nickerson. I just want to point out when this pre-screening that Nan and I both saw um, during the um, panel discussion where Randall Nickerson and Christopher Seward were talking about this, someone stood up and said, think about what a 13-year-old is like and what how they report sometimes cynically or because they're 13-year-olds, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and think of what a 6-year-old's perceptions are. Well, these are all uniform and that was a very compelling factor for this audience member who, like us, saw it for the first time. We're going to be back talking uh, to Randall Nickerson about aerial phenomenon tonight at the Academy of Music is the premiere of this really interesting, remarkable film, a product of a lot of hours of work by filmmaker Randall Nickerson, editor and writer Christopher Seward. We're going to be right back with Nan Parati's interesting thing, whose name is Randall. We'll be right back. <laughs> is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
What's going on in Holyoke? A city councilor is thrown off due to his criminal charges and then reinstated, and Shot Spotter is defeated in the council and then passed. So much to talk about on this coming Mayor's Monday with Holyoke Mayor Joshua Garcia. Please join us Monday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. The Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster, Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2, only on WHMP. Brought to you by Business West. The vital business news in Western Mass is in Business West. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello, this is Mother Nature speaking. Well, speaking through me. You can just let everything slide until next spring, but I'm not going to be happy. I know you're busy, we're all busy. That's why you call Beyond Landscape. They cut back the perennials, deadhead the flowers, clean up the leaves and compost them. Maybe the lawn needs feeding or the beds need weaning. Oh, you'll get to it? Oh, really? Listen to your mother. Take back your weekend. Call Beyond Landscape. Book a fall cleanup. Things to do with butternut. Roast it with butter and sage, mash it with butter and maple syrup, stuff it with quinoa, kale, and cranberries, and then there's curried butternut soup. Squash. The season is long, the recipes are endless, and River Valley Co-op is a fall festival of squash. Next time you're there, buy that squash you never buy. Kabocha squash or Blue Hubbard squash. Why? Why not? River Valley Co-op. Everyone is welcome, not just members. And everyone is wild about local squash. Hi, this is Dr. John Corsetti, President and Sports Surgeon at New England Orthopedic Surgeons, the premier subspecialty orthopedic group in Springfield, East Longmeadow, and now Northampton. No matter the season, our team is ready to tackle any orthopedic injury from shoulders to ankles and everything in between. Here's this week's injury wrap-up for your New England football team. Quarterback Brian Hoyer suffered a head injury in Sunday's loss in Green Bay and is questionable to play this Sunday. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers missed his second straight game on Sunday but is expected to play next week when New England hosts Detroit. Jalen Mills continues to rehab the hamstring injury he suffered against the Ravens in Week 2 and is questionable for this Sunday. Linebacker Lawrence Guy is nursing a shoulder injury and is questionable for this Sunday's home game. This week's injury wrap-up is brought to you by New England Orthopedic Surgeons. So, if you want the best orthopedic team to give you the best individualized care plan, then visit neortho.com to schedule your appointment. New England Orthopedic Surgeons, we help people get back in the game. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with filmmaker Randall Nickerson, who's made this. I, 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 I don't, I'm not quite sure what the right adjective is. It's a fascinating documentary about a shared experience by 62 African school children aged 6 to 13, we were just talking about, where they all claimed to see um, something in the sky that was shaped like what we would call an oval, and that landed and two creatures came out. They all described the creature as having an oval-like shaped head and eyes like in the middle of the oval, um, large eyes. They all uh, described it the same way. As a result, I really um, 
I had uh, the experience when I was coming up to attending and moderating the panel after I saw the pre-screening of what tonight will be premiered at uh, the Academy of Music and what I'm sure is going to be an extraordinary experience for those people who see it. Um, and I couldn't help but look up some of the some of the comments about this. I looked at Frank Drake. He's an astronomer. Um, and he talked about, a, well... So I don't belabor it. Of course, with all the trillions of uh, heavenly bodies that we have, all those solar systems, of course there are uh, other forms of life inhabiting other um, planets um, that exist in, um, in the universe. The physicist Enrico Fermi said, Poppycock, there is no such thing. We are the only ones. The conditions in Earth are suitable for life and they're not anywhere else. NASA now has created a new thing, a network for life detection, the acronym for which is NFOLD, which is specifically designed to collect evidence. Our own Salman Hamid, who often appears on this radio station and has participated in a conversation on air with Randall Nickerson, says, I do believe that there's life somewhere, but we need actual evidence. That's his position. Um, we need to see evidence um, there's something called the Great Filter that says they do exist, but they're so many light years away that they don't live long enough to travel to see us. So they do exist, but the distances are just too great for them to be here. Um, some people like the people I think that we're going to be introduced to uh, once again by Randall in a moment. They're already here. They've been here already. Other people are looking for what's called biosignatures. You need actual biology to, to demonstrate that they're different than anything that exists here, and techno-signatures, different kind of technologies that we have, and um, all kinds of other stuff that I found about our city lights and what an attraction it is for people, for extraterrestrials. So um, with, with all that blather uh, under the belt, all of which is important, because I think that that's the sort of spectrum of positions on... Are we alone in the universe, or are there others with us? Nan, you wanted to talk to Nan Randall about this film that's going to be playing tonight. Yeah, um, so let's talk a little about the film, too, because we want sure. people to know about this and to come tonight and tomorrow night. starts at 7 o'clock, mm -hmm. right? 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow night there'll be a panel where people can actually talk to you, right? Yeah, we're going to do, we'll have uh, some guests on the panel, and then we're, we're taking, we're going to do some Q&A mm -hmm. on, uh, and... Yeah, uh, and address. who are your guests? What, what sorts of... Um, one of them is one of the original investigators. He's the only one left alive mm. at this point. Um, who he's, he, was, he was there on the scene, one of the first people on the scene. And then the other one is Whitley Strieber, who is, has had some alien contact back, way, I don't know, what goes back to the 80s. Mm. Um, he's been around for a long time as far as somebody been talking has been talking about this, and uh, so he'll be a guest and a couple others as well. Dang, I'm going tonight. I want to go to tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's both gonna, they're, they're both <laughs> going to be interesting for yeah. sure. Yeah, And I, I really can't wait to, um, you know, it's it's different when you sit in an audience with people, you know, uh, watching a film. That's sort of a, like some meditative experience in a way where you share a room with so many people. Well, share is the operative word, right? Right, yeah. right. And, yep. And what kind of reaction, so this is now just starting to come out, what kind of reaction are you getting? Like Buzz was just talking about different people saying different things. Are you getting, what, what's happening with you with this? Um, 
We well, we got incredible ra- ratings and mm-hmm. reviews. We got we're at 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 97 percent on IMDb. Oh, cool! Uh, which is, I mean, I'm ecstatic. About yeah. That. Um, I agree with all those questions. You know, like the data is something we need. I don't. I think uh, one of the things when we, we're looking at this, we have to remember. Um, you know, it was impossible to travel to Australia. In a, I mean, nobody thought that was possible in such a short period of time. We're doing it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and we have, you know, all this technology that used to be fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that. I'm like, well, if somebody's a billion or even a million years ahead of us, what have they figured out how to do? Right. So I, I wonder about that travel question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because... Um, I, it's a good question, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or, and I wonder where the where the aliens here who appeared to the ch- kids were they saying, "Y'all stay away from us. You, you know, you're messing. Yeah. With us. Don't come out here. Don't come out here. <laughs> Don't come visit us. You stay on your own planet." <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a significant amount of evidence about uh, you know these things visiting our nuclear sites. Yeah, over and over and over and over. It's like what their their concern seems the. The, the appearance is there's a concern by these, or they're interested. So you're saying the alien beings are concerned? Or these craft mainly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but that's what the military's seeing, you know. That's what's got all this, like, finally being taken a little bit seriously. Like, you got great pilots, uh-huh. you know. Um, I've met several of them, and they're top-notch. So you, those guys that fly those jets that protect us, they're mm-hmm. the superheroes. Yeah. I mean, the things they do are really incredible. And and they report sightings. Right. Yeah. A number of them have reported sightings. Mm-hmm. You were even saying, because you fly, and you were saying that in the manual, the official manual, oh, yeah. what does it say there? In the far aim, it says, you know, if you have a, a reporter, you have an encounter with a UFO, you need to, doesn't tell you to contact the FAA where everything else does, right? It's kind of interesting. It's been in the far aim for a long time. That's the the sort of Bible of flight rules and what to do in any kind of flight situation. And it says, yeah, you need to contact a UFO reporting agency, which is not an official thing yet. It's going. I, I think that's really going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is in the military right now. Military men and women can come in and tell their stories without fear of losing their job. And they, that used to be a thing. Mm. People were so worried about um, their credibility being mm. affected that they didn't say anything. And now they've kind of opened that whole doorway so people can come in, even if it happened years ago, and finally tell their story, which mm-hmm. is great. Because those are the people, in my mind, I may be making a movie about this, telling this particular story, but the bigger story that's happening is our military is saying, yeah, the, we don't know what these are, you know? Yeah. One thing I was curious about, too, was um, how, so we've got this little tiny school and way out in the bush. How did it get known? So we've got 62 kids seeing this. How did that become bigger? And you're almost, we're almost done here. Ooh. So oh my God. talk fast. No, so, we're yeah. not almost done. We're going to take a break in a minute. Oh, okay. And then we're going to come back for, and, and keep okay. talking. All right, good. Okay, so yeah, the, the kids, uh, w- they first saw it in the air. Mm-hmm. And then it flashed and they were all looking up. And then they went back to playing their soccer. They didn't know what it was. Then they saw it settle down into the trees about 100 yards or whatever it was, pretty uh, right outside their playground. A lot of them were rushed to this area to watch it. And that's when it took over 15 minutes a period of time. Those one particular being that everybody reports 
came toward them and another one also and it was doing bizarre things that they couldn't really understand how it moved because they'd never seen anything like it. How it looked, he's huge. They call it, you know, rugby-shaped eyes, rugby ball. Because mm-hmm. it's football sure. over there. And uh, and uh, then the kids, uh, they got began to get terrified. And mm-hmm. they went screaming into a staff meeting. Oh, and, did the uh, like teachers come kids. out? It really is. It, it, the, the film is going to be uh, previewed tonight premiered tonight at the Academy of Music. I encourage everyone to see it. I, I, it's very compelling to listen to these kids, both as kids and then as adults. Uh, I found them very credible. I'll just, before we take a break, I'll just throw in my two cents. I, as, as a trial lawyer, mm-hmm. as a professor, you know, we, we used to do a thing in law schools where uh, we're in the middle of a lecture in an evidence class, and you'd have somebody just burst through the door, run around the classroom, and then leave. And you have 20 students there, and you say, what was on his feet? Sneakers. No, it was boots. No, it was shoes. You know, did he wear glasses? Did, and you get all these different versions. Well, that's not what happens in Ariel Phenomenon. You get, and it doesn't seem like it's a rehearsed, everybody say the same thing. It really seems credible um these are things that have to be explained we're going to be back talking with randall nickerson and nan parati right after these messages stay with us this is the afternoon buzz with buzz eisenberg 101.5 whfp I was lying in the burned out basement With the full moon in my eye I was hoping for replacement When the sun burst through the sky For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. An Amherst man is heading to prison. According to the Northwestern DA's office, 24-year-old Oscar Garcia Alvarado was sentenced to seven to eight years in connection with the 2019 armed robbery. Officials say Garcia and another man entered the victim's apartment in Amherst, demanded money, and struck the victim in the head with a weapon. Northampton Mayor Gina Louise Shera is hoping to leverage the Massachusetts Vacant Storefront Program to revitalize some empty commercial spaces downtown. The city is partnering with the state to offer tax credits to new businesses that open in currently empty space. We know the businesses have been hurting. We know that nonprofits need help. We know that people are trying to recover from the impact of the pandemic, but also are trying to create more resiliency in their businesses or their organizations. Shara's chief of staff, Alan Wolf, says the vacant storefront program is vital. And it's a way that the city can demonstrate that we have skin in the game and, and a stake in this new business's success and in filling this spot that we would desperately like to have an active business that is generating foot traffic for downtown Northampton. The city's application to designate much of downtown as a certified vacant storefront district was approved unanimously by the state's Economic Assistance Coordinating Council. And the Asheville Fall Festival is back this weekend after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. There will be food from Asheville vendors, pumpkin games, antique cars, music, and more. The festival is Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
partly sunny this afternoon. Watch out for a scattered, mainly light shower. Warm with a high of 72 to 76. Scattered clouds, breezy, cool tonight. Evening temperatures in the 50s, overnight lows of 36 to 42. Mostly sunny, breezy tomorrow, a high of 56 to 60. Sunshine on Sunday and low 60s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. This week's Shop Tuesday is Simple Gifts Farm Store. This Tuesday at 9 a.m., Simple Gifts releases gift certificates for their farm store in North Amherst. Get organic produce, pasture-raised meat, free-range eggs, local dairy, and more at Simple Gifts Farm Store in North Amherst. And this Tuesday, you save 30%. Simple Gifts Farm in North Amherst, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m. on the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. At PV Squared Solar, we live by our mission, energizing a brighter future for people and planet. This year, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary. 20 years of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar. 20 years of relationships founded on trust and clean energy. 20 years of powerful cooperation. Thank you for the partnerships along the way, and we look forward to serving this community for 20 years more. Happy birthday, PV Squared! Learn more at pvsquared.coop. Right in your town, maybe even in your neighborhood, an immigrant is building a new life, trying to find their way, all while learning a new language. The International Language Institute offers free English classes for immigrants and refugees, for true beginners and others, like students in our Bridge to College and Careers program. One of the nation's top language schools is right here, with free English classes for immigrants and refugees. The International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And uh, we are back. Do you, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of skepticism dying. <laughs> <laughs> Nan, wow. your guest is Randall Nickerson tomorrow, tonight at 7 o'clock at the Academy of Music. will be the premiere of Aerial Phenomenon, this extraordinary film, this documentary that chronicles a shared experience of more than uh, five dozen people um, uh, seeing a landing of uh, some kind of a... Uh, well, you take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they saw a apparently a spaceship land yeah. and two creatures get out and come and communicate with the children. One thing I was interested in, you said the... Kids went into the to see to the teacher to the office, right? Yeah. When they saw this, yep. And then what happened? Did the principal? Did the teachers come out? Did they see this too? It, they went in literally screaming mm -hmm. and, and tear like into the staff meeting, and uh, the, so, the teachers sort of, as as the headmaster said, fogged them off, which means you know, said oh, you're being you're, silly. Yeah, you're being silly wow. essentially. And uh, then the kids went home. Mm -hmm. and told their parents. And one of the parents had a friend who worked for the BBC. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's how it got out so, there. And then the parents all called the school and said, what happened to my child? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? The kids were all freaked out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the school said, okay, we got to take this seriously because the parents are calling us on it. And then he's, we got to have them do all the drawing, whatever we have to do, interview them, talk to them. And, and then, um, wow. 
It's a crazy story. Yeah. It's so it's you know, when I first started doing it, I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. Yeah. You know. How long did you spend doing this, Randall? Uh, 15 years. Fit really? Yeah. Wow. 15 years of September. And I was in Manhattan uh, transferring beta SPs, which are, you know, old tapes. Uh, yeah, that was my first. And then I, like three months later, I was in Africa. I just dropped in. Really? Oof. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What and, a culture shock. And were you received well when you got there? Yeah. Or was it like, oh, that again? Oh, no. They were they were very good. But uh-huh. they, it was uh, it's still remembered throughout the school. Oh, really? Some of the teachers that were there at the time mm-hmm. also. mm and, you know, one of the teachers is the one that raised his hand in the teacher meeting and says, I don't believe them. I think they thought it was. A, well, I wanted to find out what he if he still believed that. Right. I wanted to say, what what made you think that? And when I interviewed him, he said, I've actually changed my mind. And he's I, like Nan Parati. Right. And he, yeah, <laughs> I uh, and I said, what do you well, what he said, I, I, uh, what, I asked him what changed his mind. And he said it was the consistency of the stories uh-huh. over time. Because yeah. it was 20 years. Nobody, yeah, I was out there for a long time with my phone number, email. Nobody told me. None of these kids contacted me and said it didn't happen. Matter of fact, a lot, there's way more interviews that I did in um, of these children, and they didn't want to have it. They didn't want to be aired. The publicly. children? Wait, who didn't want it aired? The, the witnesses. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Why was that? I think... At, you know, some of them, one of them is an attorney in uh-huh. South Africa. She, Her dad told her, like, this is going to hurt your career. Right. Um, but, boy, the things that, that uh, she was in grade two at the time, uh, things that she said to me, just it matched all, I mean, not, I mean, she drew the picture right there. Mm-hmm. And she said, that's what it was. And there were, you know, she, Whatever it was, it, it sounds like it was a life-altering event. You don't yes. forget those kinds right. of things. You remember yeah. them with, in great detail because you, your life changed the moment that you saw this inexplicable thing. Yeah, I think that's true. And um, uh, when you uh, and, and they're they're still feeling this today. I mean, a lot of the kids are not interested in being interviewed. They're like, when I said, have you seen the movie yet? It's like, no, I was already, I was there. I saw it already. <laughs> I don't need to see it. I don't want to be reminded of it. Oh, that's and interesting. And that, you know, that's, that's very telling. Uh, so many of the, the PTSD. The it's, it's PTSD and uh, 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 ch- terror of being ridiculed. Yeah, right. You know? Sure. That makes sense. It's like a lot of them have families and I, but I spoke to them all and uh, not all of them, but 43 of them. And uh, I was just, it doesn't, people don't act like that, you know, if they, they, somebody would break the story or tear You're it apart. You're a data-driven guy and, and you, you just found it credible. All of these person-to-person, look-in-their-eyes interviews, you were just yeah. uh, brought to a place where you didn't feel that anybody was pulling the wool over your eyes it or took, attempting to. It took a few years because I was very... You know, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it took a few years, and then it was it was a series of interviews that I did. We're that. going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Randall Nickerson. We uh, it's very rare that we spend an entire show on something, but this is just so interesting. And and we're talking about psychiatrists for the children. I think we have to find out 
We got to get a psychiatrist for a guy who works 15 years and travels tens of thousands of miles on this story. We're going to be back with filmmaker Randall Nickerson. It is Aerial Phenomenon. It's at the Academy of Music tonight at 7 o'clock. Be there. Be square. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. For the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. At American National, what's important to you is important to us. Just like every horse is unique, so is our equine coverage. American National's equine owner's insurance is designed to address the inherent risks involved with owning horses. Flexible enough to provide property and liability coverage for operations of various sizes, yet can be tailored for your specific needs. We're right by your side. For more information, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. To play this game, you've got to be as sharp as a blade, as quick as a one-timer, as tough as plexiglass. Oh, and having a solid dental plan, that's probably a good idea, too. Hit the ice all season long right here on the UMass Sports Network. 101.5, and 1240 WHMP. Why work for just any hospital when you can work for Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton? Cooley Dickinson is the winner of the Best Local Hospital Award by the Daily Hampshire Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. And right now, they're offering a $7,500, yes, a $7,500 sign-on bonus for surgical techs and first assistant surgical techs. Don't wait. Visit CooleyDickinson.org today to apply. The U.S. PERG Education Fund is warning consumers shopping for a used car in the wake of Hurricane Ian to be very careful. Unscrupulous sellers will sometimes offer cars for sale that have been underwater. Telltale signs include rust on metal objects and a musty smell. A U.S. Senate report claims fraud related to the payment app Zelle is widespread and growing and that banks are offering little help to victims. The report, released by Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, calls on banks to reimburse bank customers who lose money to Zelle scams. Kohl's is the latest national retailer to announce early holiday sales events, including some that have already begun. On October 11th and 12th, Kohl's will hold a two-day deal dash, offering extra discounts, including up to $10 off a $50 purchase. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com.
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with Nan Parati and, and uh, Randall Nickerson. We have uh, Aerial Phenomenon we're talking about. Nan, um, in a few minutes we have left. Yeah, <laughs> there's just still so much <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure where we were. We, where were we before the break? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were talking about them, how they uh, went home to their parents. Yeah, right. And uh, the parents put the pressure on the school. Um, yeah, and, and you know something? I, I, it, was a, it was a choice to tell this, let them tell the story rather than narrate it or try to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. put my ear on it in that way. Um, and it's all first person. Mm-hmm. So there's not second person, third person stories. It's all people that were there. That's you know. Um, so here's what, I told Nan I was going to ask you a question. But, but see, this is great because we don't have yeah. time to really go through any more. But why should people see this film? What is it about their existence? Is it just pure entertainment? Is it something important? Oh no, I think I think this is a, a film about the journey that people have that have seen really bizarre things. Uh, uh, what kind of emotional toll, worldview shattering things that happen to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what really, and it doesn't just have to do with, we, a lot of people go through that experience from normal human, you know, traumas and that. Um, but I, that was the kind of thing, like these people do suffer mm. from, you know, uh, seeing something like this. Uh, it, it shatters them. And then they, they, the positive thing is they come back thinking, well, if that's possible, anything's possible. <laughs> well, there's a great line in the film where Alan Dershowitz, of all people, says, oh, wait, we can believe in angels. I don't remember the exact quote, but we can believe in angels, but we don't believe in aliens. Yeah. And also interesting that it's a missionary school where probably angels are believed in, yet we right. won't believe in aliens. That's right. And I thought that was very interesting. I think you're right. I, uh, I'm not a Dershowitz fan at all. No, neither am I. I thought that was an interesting moment in the film. But I think, to me, the reason why people should think about going tonight, should go tonight and see the film, is it's so timely. What has happened is facts have taken a backseat to belief in recent years. We've even had a president of the United States who just made assertions that were lie after lie after lie. We we actually kept track of those 30,000 or whatever lies that he told during his presidency. And, and there's a difference between fact and belief, and this film is focusing on that. We can just assert. I can just say Satan is in this studio right now. You know, Somebody might think that Satan is in the studio right now, but that's a belief. We can't affirm that he's here. We can't refute that he's here. It's just a belief. But if I say that uh, I'm talking into a microphone, that's a, that's refutable or affirmable. We can test this thing that's in front of my mouth and see whether or not it actually is what we define as a microphone. That's, Randall, why I think people should come tonight because it is like a laser focused on fact versus belief. And when people um, assert something... What does it take to convince you to, to talk? How many people have to say the same thing? How, mm-hmm. uh, how and what much? is it that about what they're saying that makes it different? Yeah. yeah, corroborating testimonies from people all over the world, and then small detail things that uh, anyway, it, it's it is very uh, compelling and. Uh, well, it's also yeah. getting 
national, if not worldwide, attention, this film. Yeah. It is made by a couple of local, we always say local heroes, by local. Right, right. Well, these are a couple of local filmmakers. You um, grew up in Greenfield? Waitley. Waitley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Waitley. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, picking cucumbers. and. <laughs> <laughs> we got a cucumber picker <laughs> who's now making films. So I, I, I really think it's a, it's a film to see, not just to support a local filmmaker, but and a local Academy of Music. Um, but also, it, it's something that really touches dear to all of us, uh, tests our ability to, um, to look at what other people say and when we believe it and when we don't. We're so grateful that you joined us. Nan, you've done it again. It, Randall Nickerson yeah. is indeed an interesting Very thing. Very interesting thing. <laughs> and his film is an interesting thing. It's called Aerial Phenomenon. Seven o'clock tonight, Academy of Music. Tickets are available. You got um, it. Thank you. And tomorrow night, too. Tomorrow night, too. And then we'll Panels. have a panel after the show. Yeah. yeah. And when you can actually interact with the filmmakers, ask and questions. And aliens, questions. Would you be bringing some aliens? No. No. Okay, all right, all right, whatever. <laughs> no. So, but uh, you can bring your own alien. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, I, I had planned. We went over. We usually don't go that, that, that long in covering one topic, but we only have a few minutes left. But I wanted to ask you, Dan. Yes. How did these three words sound in succession? Mm. Senator Herschel Walker. He has a chance to win. Uh, you know, don't believe the polls. So, you know, I'm Brazilian, right? And uh, they just had an election in the last couple of weeks, and I saw the polls. And people tend to underestimate in polls, at least currently, the power of That's some crazy. Of, the, of, of yeah of the far kind of far Bobo right Saro, conservative Lula yeah. did not get a majority. There's got to yeah. be a runoff. People, yeah. I didn't even want to go into the details of that because they're about to have a runoff themselves. We only have two minutes. But, but my point is this. Oh, okay. My point is this. Herschel Walker. No matter what people see in the polls, what matters is who turns out and votes on that day. And people shouldn't un underestimate that because what tends to happen is maybe people who believe in Warnock, the Democratic uh, senator running against Herschel Walker, be like, oh, now he's up by 12. Maybe I don't need to go out. And all of a sudden, that day comes, people start talking about the economy again and inflation. You never know how all of this turns out, especially in a state like Georgia, which isn't blue. It might be a little purple now, but it's purple. Don't underestimate his appeal regardless of this, because I believe a lot of them will say hypocrisy on, on Herschel Walker, even if he did do this, it doesn't matter. They want the Senate back. They want to stop the agenda of Joe Biden. And this is the way you do it, regardless of what he did 12, 13 years ago. I even guess, as know, That's I the way guess people are we thinking. learned that lesson when they just wanted a Republican president and they were even willing to swallow hard. And yeah, who was a, hip a hypocrisy back then? I mean, it's not like hypocrisy is just part of the game. And if you think the right is willing to accept hypocrisy and just accept it in order to achieve the ends. And my their favorite, ends are my favorite was when things. the chair of the Republican uh, Senatorial Campaign Committee said, but he's a God-fearing man. Uh, that's why you should elect him. He's a God-fearing man. And I'm like, and Reverend Warnock, who yeah. is a pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church where Dr. Martin Luther King was, it, he's not a God-fearing man? There, it's a fight about values. See, he, he might be a preacher from a church, but they believe he doesn't have those values that constitute the God-fearing man. That's what I think they're fighting Mr. for. Mr. Walker, my thou shalt not spill thy seed. Oh, well, not that's spread like, it know, with that's, four different women, four different but children. But he's willing to protect the unborn. He's willing to overturn certain things that they believe and have he's deviated to pay his for of his own abortion of one of his own children. Hey, their, their defense would be well, we're all hypocrites, right? So that's going to be their argument. Yeah. 
Sorry, my mic got caught here. I don't know how it did this. <laughs> We're <laughs> all hypocrites, so vote for her. So Marsha Walker, that's going to be the argument. You know, and by I, the way, they've been making that. Like everybody else, I'm so tired of getting those little, could you please give $5 to Warnock's campaign? But guess what? Uh, maybe I'm lucky that I can do it, but I do it because it's so dreadful, even though... You know, I do want to see the majority Democrat. This could define the Senate. It could still be 50-50 if Herschel Walker wins. It could be 51-49, which does change the balance. Again, if the two Democratic senators hadn't won in Georgia, you don't get the stimulus bill. You don't get the the Inflation Reduction Act. You don't get a lot of things. People Uh, forget. Especially with the vice president who's Democrat. uh, Who can break all those ties in the Senate. That's it. Uh, Send that money. Go to the Academy of Music tonight, 7 o'clock, Ario Phenomenon. Nan, thank you very much. Randall, thank you so much. Dan, thank you for telling me You're I'm welcome. a hypocrite, too. Well, Everybody yeah. else, have a great weekend. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Pets and people, they belong together. They help us feel calm and loved with every tail wag, kiss, and snuggle. Dakin Humane Society believes in this bond, Live and your support keeps and people talk and for pets Northampton together. And the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station. It's